Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast Podcast, brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast, as always. And we are looking at Thursday here in the NBA after 12 games on Wednesday night. Swept these best bets last night, Nate, and we're about to bring four more of them to you guys here for Thursday. We also have our player props up as we do each and every weekday. So like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along all season with us. Also want you to head to the site over there on thelines.com. Use everything we have up there, uh, including that odds finder tool. Super helpful to make sure that you're getting the best juice back on all these bets that you are making this season. Nate, let's go ahead and keep the thing alive here and uh, kick it off with your first best bet. Yeah, four game slate and the first uh, national TV game is Boston and Milwaukee, of course. Celtics on a back to back. So they come in at plus five and people bet that immediately. Um, now it's plus four and a half, I believe, but the money line still very much in play. So I mean, I take the spread and then I put half a unit on the money line here because the Celtics are just not your average team when it comes to playing back to backs. And I mean, maybe if this was like a home game against Toronto, we've seen them like sit some guys and just claw out a close win. But this is the Bucks. This is num- number one versus two in the conference. Um, you know, this is an absolutely essential win. I think it was two years ago that Tatum sat near the end of the season, and it was kind of a weird decision. The, the Celtics haven't really done that against these Bucks since. They've, they've treated these games as very important. And it's a Bucks team that's that's flailing right now. I mean, they get Dane back, which is definitely good um, in terms of them being able to close this one out if it's close. But, like, I don't think it means they're just going to pull away from the Celtics team. The Celtics are getting Porzingis back. So Al Horford out, Porzingis in. We've seen this. Recently, in fact, when they had a back-to-back, right, uh, Golden State-Sacramento. The last situation where, in fact, the only time the Celtics have been road dogs this season, and they covered by 29 points. I mean, that was the start of just like, we're not having this uh, after the, the overtime loss against the Warriors, where they felt maybe they were robbed a little bit. I mean, now they're coming off an overtime win against the Wolves. Maybe a little different, but, I mean, you look at the large sample under Missoula here, 15-4 and four straight up on back-to-backs, including 5-1 and one this season. Uh, last season, they were 9-1 and one against the spread as dogs and 7-1 and one as road dogs. And their last seven on the road, since that Sacramento game started, like, they've just been on an absolute tear on the road. It was like, oh, their offense doesn't necessarily show up as much. They have a 135 offensive rating. They're plus 17 net. In their last seven on the road, their only losses have come by an average of three points per game, so they would still cover here. And just scorching the nets from three, 17 and a half threes. Uh, Bucks, you know, in their struggles here, have dipped in terms of their three-point defense. It was really good, but now they're allowing a ton of attempts. They're 25th in rating overall. They have the worst opponent assist-to-turnover ratio, allowing fast break points. They're 0-4 against the spread in their last four at home. Two and two straight up, that is. Uh, but the offense is just not where you need to be to pull away from a Celtics team, to win at margin against the Celtics team, where even if they're throwing out like a lot of Hauser and Pritchard minutes because they're they're resting guys, or maybe, you know, Brown or Tatum have to sit after playing 40 minutes, like the Celtics offense is gonna keep humming. Um, and getting a fresh Porzingis in there is also gonna be very key against Giannis, slowing him down. You know, he has a plus rating in four of his five of his last six matchups against Giannis and the Bucks. Um, and you know, so defensively that, that is a big deal. And then offensively, of course, KP big lift. Yeah. Um, I, I, I get it. I, I stay away from this one during the regular season. I have no feel for the Bucks and Celtics when they play each other. I'm gonna be totally honest with you. It's a wonderful rivalry. I 
kind of enjoy watching it sometimes unless it turns into like your three, my three, your three, my three kind of stuff with these teams. Uh, but I, I do think that it's going to be a good game today with Dame back. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll ride with you on that one. I, I don't have enough for it, to be honest. But I am going to uh, talk it's about it. It's a value play, though, right? I mean, like you're saying a, a toss-up game that you don't know which way it's going to go. And the only yeah. reason the Celtics are getting plus 150 is because they're back-to-back. And this yeah. this is not a team that that punts back-to-backs. And I would still, I would, I still trust the Celtics as a regular season team right now more than I trust the Bucks. And to be honest, with with clutch time, you know, Dame somehow all the way up there for clutch player of the year, which is hilarious that he has such short odds to be that. Because as helpful as he's been, that's not the player that he's been this year in terms of clutch player of the year. But I, I right now in the regular season specifically where the Bucks are at, yeah, I hundred percent trust the Celtics more. So if you're getting points because of these slightly artificial reasons, uh, then I would go ahead and take that for sure. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and target a game that's I, I don't plan on watching, and that's the Thunder and the Blazers. But I am going to take the Thunder team total over here. And it's at 124 and a half, and that's very high. But I, I don't care with the Thunder at home. Maybe if they were in Portland, I would be a little bit different about it. But uh, this is all tuning uh, into turn, probably turning into a pretty big blowout once again. We've already seen this almost exact same scenario uh, uh, with the, the Thunder beating the Trailblazers on a back-to-back, I mean, beating the pants off them, 134 to 91 in the last time they played in this exact same situation. So I'm kind of going with that uh, again. And and it's interesting because the Thunder have played four backs-to-backs this year, and they played one good team in the Knicks, and they needed everybody to play in that one. So Shy played 34 minutes, Chet played 30. Everybody played their normal minutes in that back-to-back. They still lost. But the other three... Um, and by the way, there was a lot of points scored. The other three games uh, were blowout wins for them against bad teams, right? Including the Blazers and uh, the Pistons in there as well. So the, in, in those games, they averaged uh, 100, uh, well, about 130, right? So they scored 138, 129, 134, and 124 points. Those are their four t- t- uh, totals on back-to-backs. And like I said, the, the uh, 124 actually was against... Detroit, that's the only under here at the 124 and a half that we have for this game. That was the third game of the season for them, right? It was their first back-to-back. Chet was not really available as a rookie uh, coming off of the injury from last year. It was a different team. The, the key here is, though, even with the blowout, once you get the reserves in there for the Thunder, the Thunder's third unit is is comparable to the Blazers. Uh, their second unit is probably better. Like, Kaysan Wallace is probably better than any player that I would want on that team. Like, Jeremy Grant and Malcolm Brogdon, maybe notwithstanding, you know, whatever. But, like, as far as a young player with talent, Kaysan Wallace has been absolutely dynamite. And him coming in and playing about 25 minutes on these back-to-backs is really something that I'm targeting. Because he comes in, he's very good on offense, but he's, like, very close to being all NBA defender already. He is a shut down defender. And if he made third team all, uh, all defense this year, I wouldn't shock me other than he's not getting enough minutes. But if he was playing close to 28 minutes a game, you would highly consider this man for that. So with that second unit, like you look at how they, they structure these lineups on the second leg of this back to back, everybody plays. So like everybody gets 20 minutes. Isaiah Joe, Trey Mann is getting in there. M- Milicic is getting in there. Uh, so yeah, there's there's a lot of minutes to go around for this team. And I, they're going to keep bringing it even at the, towards the end of the game. Uh, we we know what they do when they're at home. They score a ton of points, uh, 122 a game or so on the season. So I like getting a couple more than that against this Portland defense that has been giving up. They're they're just done. They, they for sure have given up on this season. Aiton probably not playing tonight. Give up a bunch more points without uh, Aiton in there. About seven more points per game in the games that he has missed that they're allowing this season. Uh, and they're scoring more as well without Aiton because they're playing faster uh, and things just sort of open up. There's... 
I don't know. I don't know why. There's no rhyme or reason to it. They're just bad overall. So when Aiton's not in, they're just more bad, honestly. <laughs> like, he's at least an established NBA center, and they don't have that without him. They're going to be a lot of doo-wop wreath tonight. So, you know, they're allowing 122 a game without him. Their last five, they're giving up 122 as well while scoring 101. They're just they're just toast, man. And I don't care about the, the, the Thunder on a back, second leg of a back-to-back against this team. I'm fine with it because they're, you're going to see good backup players getting a lot of minutes. Yeah, I mean, in that case, maybe I can convince you to go, like, over six and a half points for Kaysan Wallace. I think I saw that line initially. Like if we're talking about the second unit getting a lot of run, like maybe you target those guys like Joe and and Wallace. Uh, But yeah, I mean the, the the Blazers with, without eight and we talked about their defense, their interior defense is awful. They, their only MO right now is to sell out to stop the three point shot. And, and like the thunder, they don't depend on that at all. I mean, with the, with the mid range Maven SGA, They've had a lot of high-scoring games regardless of where they've played lately. Like, I, it's been ridiculous to go 248 in Miami yeah. last night. Uh, shows you where this team is at in terms of efficiency. I mean, they have a 128 offensive rating in their last 11, averaging 127. So to take a team that's shown a history uh, of, you know, pulling the plug very early in the season, and here we are in January, it looks like the Blazers are like, yeah, we don't, we don't care how, how much we lose by. Let's let's just start this this tank job. Once again. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you can absolutely interest me in both Kaysan Wallace and Isaiah Joe props as soon as they're up. Just yeah. used our finder odds finder tool there to make sure I wasn't missing anything, but we don't have them yet. So, yeah, definitely going to target those guys with minutes. Right on. All right. So, Knicks and Mavs. This is a game Josh will be watching. The reason he will not be watching the Thunder. See if his Knicks can make it six straight. I think they can. I mean, because Luke is out. And I'm going to take Jalen Brunson to get 25 points in the win here, plus 111. You can ladder that up to 30 points um, and get plus 200. Like, this is Brunson's return to Dallas. He's not played there since the trade. Um, and, you know, there's also a market that I hit at, at DK. I think they're the only ones really doing these head-to-head props. For him to outscore Kyrie is plus money, plus 130. The assumption that Kyrie is suddenly going to be a 30-plus point scorer no matter what without Luka is is just probably false. I mean, not against a, a really good defense that now has OG Ananobi to throw at him. And DiVincenzo, who's a nice quick defender, and Josh Hart. Like, they can just throw body on body at Kyrie, make other people beat them. I don't think Dallas can do that. I, I mean, they, they're so dependent on Luka that this spread is not really correct, in my opinion, to say only plus four. Dallas is a team that loses when they're underdogs pretty consistently here and Kyrie his last three without Luca since joining the Mavs 102 offensive rating usage rate actually down a tick it's 29 percent he's averaging 21 a game uh his last 10 with Luca he has a 30 percent usage rate and 123 offensive rating his last seven against OG and the Raptors 21.7 points per game so that that shows that he can be part of the solution for limiting him Brunson I mean quiet last game in the blowout because they played the Blazers Previous three, 31 points per game, 142 offensive rating. He's only played Dallas once. It was in New York. It was a blowout because of that Mavs three-point variance. Now he gets, you know, a team that doesn't get, doesn't have Dante Exum to throw at him, doesn't have Derek Lively down low, uh, and, and he's just going to be cooking. Like, Knicks, what do you, what do you want to say? Like, they're the best team in the league over the last five games. Um, number one defensive rating, certainly the best defensive team. The key thing to note is, is that they just limit three-point attempts straight up, uh, second fewest. Guess who's number one? The Memphis Grizzlies, who just beat nice. Dallas, who beat them again, beat the pants off them without Luka, shut down Kyrie, uh, and that was both times without Ja, right? Um, yeah. So it's, it's not like Memphis did anything special. They just sold out to stop the three. 
Dallas not really scoring in a ton of other ways. On the other side of the ball, they are allowing a ton of threes and be, have been lucky with their opponent shooting, mostly because they played Portland twice, and yeah. that's where two of their wins have come in their last five here. But they've been bad in their last five, and they've been trending under. Um, so, yeah, I'll let you take it from there because that's another lean we have in this game. Totally. No, I mean, I'm, I'm all in on the under in this game as well, to be honest. But, yeah, Knicks by a million tonight. Like, it's going to take a big surprise for me Um to, to, like, look, you can. There's a world where the the Mavs keep this thing close. It's just way less likely of of, re, of a reality than that they lose this game by double digits. The, the Knicks are rolling. This is a hundred percent a game that Jalen Brunson is going to care about. It could almost be a little bit trappy if Jalen Brunson wasn't going to make sure that it's not. That's 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 my take on the whole mental side of this game. Is like the Knicks have been killing. Now they get a team. I mean, look, they, they, that game against the Blazers was over in the second quarter. Now they get a team that doesn't have Luka. It's, it could be, or Derek Lively. Grant Williams is still questionable. It could easily be a game that you just go like, why would we bring it as much as we can in this game? Well, there's a couple of things. The Knicks are not far and away. Like, they're, they're still a, a what, five seed in the East right now. Like, they got work to do if they want to try to, like, keep that five seed from the, the Heat and the Pacers and not worry about this plan moving forward. So, like... Everything counts for them all the time, obviously. Then you have the the, the mental aspect of playing in, in Dallas, right? And, and this is not going to be a trap game for them. But I do believe in the defense. And, I, I, I yeah, I love the win for them no matter what. I love them to cover. Uh, this, this spread is still at about six and a half, so I'm good with it. Four. But, like, the under is just really ripe here. Four points, Josh. I'm sorry? Just four points spread. Not, oh, no four points. Oh, four. Yeah. It, oh, okay. We got that down a little bit then. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. I <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, that's great because I, I see this as under five points. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I will probably bet that before we record our player props video. Uh, but more importantly, for the, the under here, 233 and a half, it did get bet, that bet down a point from 234 because without Luca, this is come on, man. I mean, they are trying to play a little bit faster. They're, they're at like a 102 defensive rating in the, in the four games that he hasn't played in versus a 99 when he's in there. But this is about efficiency. The offensive rating is everything, right? The offensive rating drops from like a 120 basically down to about a 109, 108. Um, actually, a little bit worse, 107 and a half. So like that, yeah, that, that's, it, that's it right there. Uh, the Knicks, they're playing at the slowest pace again, fifth slowest in the league. Uh, they had like a few games where they, they sped it up playing against some fast teams like the Thunder, but now they're back uh, to the, the 97th uh, pace overall, which is fifth slowest. 120 defense uh, offensive rating in this time as well, which is very good, but it's still only getting them about 118 or so. Uh, and I don't think that Dallas is scoring like 115 in this game, to be honest with you, with the way you just talked about the defense that the Knicks are bringing. The three-pointers, not only are they allowing people not to shoot them, they're not even allowing them to make them. Both them and Memphis, like you talked about, 9.83s allowed since the trade for, um, for OG in this one for the Knicks. So yeah, everybody that you talked about is going to be stepping up. I've got uh, a whole bunch of fade Kyrie 30 and a half points is bananas. It's absolutely bananas. Now he, he could do it. So I'm going to add a few other props when I talk about him in, in uh, the, the, the player props video, like add a couple other stats to his. So it's a combo prop that I'm going to take an under on him, but like that's too, that's, that's insane. Like you said, they, they can just throw an on. It's going to be like that scene in kill bill where it's just like, she has to fight off like 9,000 ninjas. That's going to be Kyrie all game. Just trying to thwart off all these ninjas that are coming at him and able to stop him and tailor made for, for defending him. So he might score 30. He might have like eight assists. He's not going to have both. That's kind of my point. And so there's there's not going to be a, a world where this game gets over 234, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a good call to, to just fade Kyrie's bulk stats. Yeah, because it's going to take so much energy for him to score 30 if he does. Like he's not he's not a number one option. We've, we've seen this throughout his career. Like he should not be the focal point of your offense. It's right. not going to go well for the entire team if he is. Right. Uh, and, and the Mavs don't have the supporting cast 
to make the Knicks pay for, for doubling him for selling out, whatever they do. Like THJ is probably their only laser on the wing and he's streaky. Um, so yeah, I, I like the under, I mean, Knicks, they were trending over like crazy as soon as they lost Mitch Rob, but they've adjusted in and mainly by getting OG Ananobi in there for RJ Barrett and just yeah. completely changing their wing defense. Um, so yeah, I think the under fits nicely with Knicks to win Knicks under Brunson beating Kyrie. That's what we yep. got here. <laughs> yep. hundred percent more Brunson, less Kyrie, more Knicks, less points. Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first play a prop for tonight. Yeah, five games, but four are tonight. One is uh, the Cavs and Nets in Paris this afternoon. Oh, so we will be we only addressing the four, and I'll begin at the end here with the Suns-Lakers game. God help you if you want to pick a winner in this one on two downtrodden teams. But Kevin Durant, uh, 26 and a half points is the lowest I've seen it maybe all season. Uh, like, that's very low for Kevin Durant, who who's now getting two days off to – heal that hamstring a little bit. He still played 35 minutes though on a back-to-back in a blowout loss against the Clippers and now no travel for the Suns or I don't know if they went home and back. It's not, not a very far trip, but the point is um, he's playing the Lakers and he, he brings it against LeBron and the Lakers in three with uh, Phoenix, 36 points per game and nine rebounds per game, five and a half turnovers, but shooting really well, 54 and 50%. I mean, part of the turnover rate is that he's only had one of book one of or Beal, or one with neither in in those three games. Um, 37% usage rate in those games. So that might come down a little bit, and maybe that's why it's lower. But look, Bradley Beal is not, not going to take much usage away from Durant. Booker is still trying to facilitate a little bit more. And Durant just, just tends to step up when he plays LeBron as his contemporary. He, he enjoys this matchup. I, I have no problem tacking on the rebounds, too. It's only six for 32 and a half points rebounds, but the juice is not as good. But look, I just, I think Durant's going to score around 30. This is, that's what he does. And really notably on the road too, 32 points per game, seven and a half rebounds versus 27 and five and a half at home usage rate, 5% higher, 33.8% usage rate when he's on the road. Also has a ton of rebound chances lately, but yeah, for me, it's more like those three matchups I mentioned against the Lakers, all those totaled around like 205. The total tonight is 238 with the Suns having their big three back. So we're expecting a much higher scoring environment. Um, that Lakers defense, that Lakers three-point defense has been awful. Durant is second in the league in his three-point percentage. And, um, yeah, I mean, wherever he wants to score from, he will be able to here in this matchup. Yeah. And it is juiced up, uh, juiced to the over here, like juiced down to the over. Um, yeah, you've got some 26s out there, some 26 and a halfs as well, which you could take. So like it is trending in, in the direction of what you're saying here. If you want to get on top of the, the over for his points, right? Like there's some books that are raising it up to 27 uh, and a half points. So I, I get that. I, I... <sighs> It makes sense. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's a stay away from me just because uh, it's, it's a feels foreign, this whole thing with them. Um, but I, I would fully trust your logic and the, the recent history for sure. The like care factor for sure is there for, for KD. So I, I, I trust you on this one big time. But I'm going to go under for LeBron's former teammate, Karai Kar- Irving, Kyrie Irving here. 43 and a half points, rebounds, and assists is what it's at. 43 and a half. Still get minus 115 on that. I'm hoping to be able to get minus 110 here in a minute as well. But FanDuel has minus 115 as the best odds. And yeah, you kind of talked about this in, in best bets. Like 
43 and a half points, rebounds, and assists for Kyrie. Get the hell out of here with 30 points, 30 and a half point prop against the Knicks. Like, yeah, if, if Kyrie decides that he's shooting the ball 28 times tonight, all right, I'll, I'll buy into him getting 30 points, 32 points, uh, but not against this defense without, with, in terms of efficiency and volume. I don't see both of those happening. They are both, they are, the Knicks are top 10, limiting point guard points and rebounds, uh, and they are actually eh, 15th or so in the assists. Like, you can get some dimes off of them as a point guard, but over the last five games, we're Back to, back to them being the best defensive team in the league, unshockingly, with, you know, you, you lose one of the best defenders at center, and then you get OG Anobi, one of the best cent- defenders in the league at, like, any position, you're going to be a lot better. Um, Derek Lively is out. Grant Williams is questionable. If Grant Williams doesn't play, man, he's really, like, without a partner here, right? He's he's just paddling without two paddles, essentially. So uh, we're going to see if he can uh, can really just do it all himself, but I don't think that the volume of the assists are going to be there alongside the points. That's the key, right? He's not going to just be carved this team up to where he's either scoring or assisting on most possessions that he's in there even if his usage is slightly higher which it hasn't even shown that it will be that much higher without Luka in the six games that he's played since he came to the Mavs and Luka hasn't been there he's at 35 minutes a game 25 points five boards and five assists right and that includes one uh, where he played 39 minutes against the Lake Show and had 38 points in that one everything ever other than that he went completely under right every time uh, pretty comfortably under but never got 40 points rebounds and assists in any of those games without Luca, So uh, in, in this matchup coming up against a, a Knicks team that is just going to have, you know, endless amounts of good, like little defenders who can also like stay in front of him, but are also taller than him, like a Josh Hart and Dante DiVincenzo. Obviously, if they have to put OG on him, why not just throw OG on him? Like you don't need him for anybody else that's on the floor. So they're going to be able to do what they want down there uh, in terms of figuring out how to throw guys at Kyrie. That's going to be a huge problem for them. And that's why, like we keep talking about, they're limiting assists, rebounds, points. They're just the best defense in the league right now. So this is not going to be a, a good night for, for Kyrie. I don't believe. Yeah. Top 10 and basically everything except fast break points allowed for the Knicks in this five which they're still like league average they're not like getting smoked on that um and, and the points off turnovers is what Dallas is depending on right now so as long as they take care of the ball like I don't see Kyrie having much success in the half court like if they do turn it over and he starts cooking in transition or semi-transition um good on you like maybe he gets his 30 points then but like you said yeah I don't there's not a lot of talent around him to score um and, and we like under in this game and I don't think the Knicks are going to be turning it over a lot because I think Brunson's going to be absolutely locked in to beat his former team. We talk about him in, in the best bets as well. But I'll go with another Nick, Dante DiVincenzo, over five and a half rebounds and assists, which is very low to me. Uh, minus 105 at MGM, too. Not even tough juice. Like, he's gone over this in five of six since since RJ and, and quickly were traded. You know, he had that one blow-up game before OG got in the lineup, and since then, you know, he's not been shooting very much, but still averaging 17 points, 4.3 rebounds, 2.8 assists. The one under was a surprise blowout at Philly where he still had five assists and rebounds in just 17 minutes. And he went over this in 19 minutes in a blowout win last time out against Portland, uh, otherwise averaging 25 and a half minutes a game. You know, pretty s- consistent role. I was confused why Tibbs wasn't giving him a more consistent role before the trade. You know, I guess he doesn't fit well with RJ or whatever, but now he he's getting the run. And per 36 in his career, he averages 10 and a half rebounds and assists. So Dallas gives up the second most rebounds to shooting guards, actually the most in their last seven, seventh most assists to the position. Um, and, you know, Dante averaging two and a half drives per game, he passes on 45% of those. He gets an assist on 11% of those. 
So his adjusted assist-to-pass ratio on 23 passes a game is nearly 19%. Also has a 91% adjusted rebound chance in his last three. Uh, so as long as this game is trending under and, and DiVincenzo's out there guarding the guards, like I, I see him going over this pretty easily. Hmm. Who will guard the guards? And that is uh, that will be Dante DiVincenzo. Look at you looking at all these rebound chances and adjusted rebound chances and contested rebound chances. And the other thing about Dante uh, is that he is a wonderful catch and shoot player. So when you, you like we've talked about with RJ, um, Jalen getting assists more, Jalen Brunson getting a few more assists because now he trusts guys like OG Ananobi and Dante DiVincenzo, two of the best catch and shoot pull up shooters, uh, not pull up, but catch and shoot shooters in the league this season in terms of uh, efficiency and the amount of times that they're getting that shot. So yeah, RJ just muddles everything up, man. That's to answer your question. Yeah, he didn't play well with RJ because Look, you still watch RJ on Toronto right now, and he still is like, I'm the third overall pick in the draft. That's still his mentality is like, give me the ball. And it's frustrating if you're if you're around him, and it's like great when he's hitting shots, but if you're a fan of the Raptors now, you're like, I actually would rather have IQ or Pascal or Scotty Barnes with the ball in their hands. Why do you have this weird notion that you're like the second or even first option on this team? That's crazy. That's the kind of stuff that meddled things up. Your, it was all the way back that. to Duke. Remember when he would like shoot air balls in, in crunch time and Zion would just be like, like okay, cool, best yeah. player in college basketball. Yep, yep, you take that shot. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> exactly what we're saying here, man. Same thing. So, yeah, I, I, he's, he's going to run Pascal out of town uh, before long. Like, I know Pascal's already on the way out and wants out, but, like, watching R.J. Barrett shoot nine to ten threes a game ain't keeping Pascal in Toronto either. So uh, let's move on to the last bet that I have here, which is Chet Under. And this is a half a unit bet. I incorrectly put a full unit. Uh, half a unit bet here because uh, I, I like the Under, but I <laughs> – don't love it. I just, it, it, I tried this, uh, what was it, last night? I tried um, to, to sort of fade the, the Wizards and go, I don't think Miles Turner is going to do that well, even though the, the, the Wizards are awful against centers. And now I'm kind of going back to the same thing, where it's like the Blazers are bad against centers, but I'm still taking an under for the guy on the other side because I don't see this game stick being very close for very long at all. Like, the Blazers have all but given up on this season. DeAndre Ayton's not playing, so I don't even know why you would keep Chet out there, right? So the 27.5 points, rebounds, and assists, combined are what I'm going under for because last time he played this Blazers team on the second leg of a back-to-back he played 20 minutes still had 16 points and six boards okay so like if he got 25 minutes tonight who's to say he wouldn't get you know 20 points and six and six boards but he had no assists I just think the bulk stats aren't going to be there for him we'll still only go half a unit because it is strictly based on the blowout potential and the back-to-back factor of the Thunder play a lot of guys on the second leg of a back-to-back because they have 11 legit rotational players that, that could play on other teams in the NBA and and so they want to get those guys minutes which is what Dagonal has done in the four back-to-back games that they've had this season Chet's averaging 24 minutes a game right he's averaging just the four and a half uh, rebounds per game as well as uh, the six 16 points so like not really uh, I'm sorry 14 and a half points so not the same dude right that that he is and not not the same numbers as well that I should say so the the, the like 21 and a half points rebounds and assists that he's averaging is because he's averaging the 24 minutes that said the bet that I would love to find out is what's Isaiah Joe's three prop at What's Kaysan Wallace's points or assists or rebounds more likely prop at? Because he's a great rebounder for a guard. So if you can't tell, I'm absolutely infatuated with with Kaysan Wallace's game. Like he's absolutely a wonderful, wonderful piece to any team that like he he's the type of dude you could put on any team. He's gonna be guarding your best wing player at all times whenever he's out there with and take that 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 role very seriously. 
Three-point shooting, not awesome. Going to get better for sure. It's definitely going to be something that they focus on with him. The offensive game driving to the rim is good enough. So if you do get Kaysan Wallace at like six and a half points, if you get Isaiah Joe at around like seven and a half points, I really like the, uh, the, the backup guys to get 20 to 25 minutes in this game because it should be over by the second quarter. Yeah, and you look at his minutes last back-to-back was 25 minutes in a really close high-scoring game against Atlanta, and he gets 16 PRA. Clearly, Dagnall was comfortable just going with big Jalen Williams. Right. Uh, talking about Chet. For about, yeah, yeah, for about half that game. And, and just, yeah, I mean, Chet's coming off a stress fracture, right, that cost him the entire season. Like, you're not going to put him out there against a team that is first to the tanking line with their ticket for a low draft pick. Like, I, I mean, clearly, yeah, he, he should have his minutes limited here. We'll see how much damage he can do in those minutes. But, um, yeah, I, I think you can either take his unders or the backups overs, like we're saying, depending on what, what kind of lines we get there. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be waiting on those backup overs. I mean, Duop Reith is not a great matchup for Chet, for sure. So it's not like Reith is going to be a stopper. It's more just like, why would you play Chet Holmgren against Duop Reith? You don't need to, so just don't do it. Uh, and I, I think that'll be the case tonight. I don't see him getting 25 minutes. So that is all the time we have for you. And play a props, though. Continue to follow along, like, and subscribe to that page. So you can check out these, these videos as well as the best bets that we're bringing you each and every weekday. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop, 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 stop.